Coming up on Studios America, Blaze TV's Eric July joins me to help recap Biden's awful gun crime speech from this week. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has his sentence set for the killing of George Floyd and will take a look at how much of Minneapolis is currently on fire. And once again, the great uniter of the races, Joe Biden, has proven just how little he knows or cares about America's minority communities. It's all malarkey to him. So let's do Biden's Latinx problem. Stu does America. I'd like to take a moment and welcome all of those Latinx viewers out there. You know who you are, the people who don't want to be called Latinxes. Uh, the term Latinx or Latinx or Latinx is a term that I don't think there's one Hispanic person on earth who likes it. I, I don't know if I've never heard any Latin, uh, Latino person actually use Latinx or Latinx or Latinx. I've heard people make fun of it many, many times. Uh, like it's something like 1% of, of Hispanic people uh, use the term themselves. It seems to be just another one of these scam PC words. And I, it's, it's very much on my mind this week. I mentioned the Michael Knowles book earlier this week. Uh, and he talks so much about this type of stuff, how they're changing language constantly. Uh, and there's, it's not just about changing language to to make a change or to pressure you or to censor you it's bigger than that there's a there's a much much grander scale uh, of all of these uh, bizarre changes that seem so strange but when you look at the the you step back and you look at the whole plan it makes a lot more sense anyway uh joe biden talking uh, about latinx voters <laughs> i mean this is you want to talk about a messy messy joe biden quote he is a gaffe machine as we know he makes a lot of mistakes. When he speaks, often people don't understand. And that's what happened here. He made several different mistakes in this one clip. Let's watch and then we'll try to recap them all. There's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated. Because hmm. they used to be an experiment on. Oh my. The Tuskegee Airmen and others. Okay, no. People have memories. Yep. People have long memories. You don't, apparently. It's awful hard as well mm -hmm. to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. Ooh, lots of issues with this particular clip. I could let me just give you the top three here. Okay. In no particular order. Number one, Biden thinks Latinx are all illegal aliens. <laughs> now, this, my friends, is just racism, right? He's just thinking that everybody who's Hispanic is an illegal alien and is going to be deported if they get vaccinated. Um, that's not good. That's not a good way of thinking. I would say it's kind of like the opposite of that. It's, uh, it's just racism is basically what it is. Also, as a sub point of this initial uh, observation, it is not Latinx, okay? That, as Glenn pointed out this morning, that sounds like a Latin Kleenex, Latinx. Now that might be a wonderful brand if you happen to have a, a Hispanic audience and you wanna sell them tissues. Not a great plan uh, if you're trying to say Latinx or Latinx. I will say, no one really knows what the word you know, is because no one says it. It's like a made up thing. And it's like women with a YN 
No one actually uses it unless you're an activist. Uh, number, uh, we also should point out, uh, there's a double standard here. If, uh, if, God forbid, anyone ever did this type of thing where they said, oh, by the way, uh, did you notice all Hispanic people uh, are going to be deported if they do something? I, I think if Donald Trump did that, there might be a, big, a bit of an issue there. Um, Biden uh, also thinks the Tuskegee Airmen were experimented on. Thankfully, they were not. Uh, this is a good story from hi our history. He's thinking of the Tuskegee experiment, this experiment about studying the effects of syphilis. Uh, it was a very nasty part of American history, though it is important to remember we kind of look back at this as this sort of racist thing. And it was uh, African-Americans who were involved in the study. Basically, they didn't give them syphilis. A lot of people think they gave them syphilis. Uh, they did not. Uh, what they didn't do was give them proper treatment for syphilis. The idea was we're going to look at this, uh, how, how this disease progresses if untreated. Obviously a terrible, terrible thing. But it should be noted that the head doctor of the experiment was not white. He was black. The head nurse of the experiment that dealt with these people every single day was not white. She was black. So there, the, the history behind that is a totally different thing. But again, that's just one little small point. Finally, Biden thinks black and Latinx people uh, don't want the vaccine. Now, I will say there's something to this one. This is one he's kind of right on. Minorities are less likely to want to take the vaccine. That is true. Now, first of all, if you don't want to take the vaccine, and this is important to talk about, you don't want to take the vaccine. You shouldn't have to take the vaccine. The government has no right to make you take the vaccine. You should also not be banned from YouTube for liking the fruits of Operation Warp Speed a little bit less than I do. That's completely fine in my book. No banned opinions on vaccines on YouTube or Twitter and no government entity forcing you to jam needles in your arms. I think that's pretty American. It's a pretty American approach. I lead with that for a reason. I mean it. It's not just a disclaimer to me. I have a lot of friends around these halls in particular who are a lot less optimistic about the vaccines than I am, to put it mildly. And that's okay. They're smart people and I consider them big boys and girls and they get to make their own frigging decisions. And I mean that for you too as a listener or a viewer. I mean, I, I love having you here even if you think I'm completely insane every other day. That's okay. I know I like hearing the views of people that I think are smart, that I might disagree with from time to time. I just read the book I mentioned from Michael Knowles. I read uh, Jesse Sigel's book uh, recently. And they're both really interesting books, really informative. They had moments that I disagreed with, though. And sometimes they challenged what I had believed. And sometimes I was pushed in an uncomfortable place. Good! That's what I want out of a book. That's what I want out of a show. That's what I want out of a podcast. So I appreciate you hanging around, even if you don't agree with me every single day. What the data show about Joe Biden's Latinx population is kind of what he said there. They are less likely to want to get the vaccine. Now, I think we sometimes uh, think of those who are uh, vaccine hesitant as sort of ideological anti-vaxxers like Jenny McCarthy or RFK Jr. Um, but there's a big chunk of people who are, who are disproportionately minority members that just don't access the healthcare system all that often. And when asked, they'll say they'll probably get vaccinated eventually, but they haven't gotten around to it yet. And look, we don't have to harass those people as a government. We don't have to force them to take the vaccine. We don't have to give out millions of dollars or free beer or free drugs. Just believe in the product, will you? Let's take a quick look at how the Trump-fueled 
Operation Warp Speed vaccines are working. Notably, this does not include the crappy Chinese vaccines. This year, there have been 325,213 cases of COVID in Massachusetts. Here's how they break down. People who are not fully vaccinated account for 321,422 of those. That's 98.8% of cases. People who are vaccinated account for only 3,791. That's 1.2% of cases. Now that might sound pretty good uh, for the vaccines, and it is. But it's important to note that 82% of all adults are vaccinated in Massachusetts. So there are far more vaccinated adults than unvaccinated adults in that state. And despite being in the overwhelming minority, unvaccinated people still make up 98.8% of those testing positive for the virus. And you might say, well, you know, that's just talking about cases. Uh, who cares about cases? Fair enough. Let's look at the numbers nationwide. About half of the country is vaccinated. About half of the country is not. So they're roughly equal sized groups of people. However, in May, more than 18,000 people died of COVID. The breakdown, 17,850 of the deaths were people not fully vaccinated. That's 99.2% of all deaths in the month of May. 150 people who were fully vaccinated died as well. That's about 0.8% of the deaths. All right, let's look at hospitalizations. Out of 853,000 hospitalizations, what's the breakdown? This is truly incredible. I mean, 853,000 COVID hospitalizations, 851,800 of those people were not fully vaccinated. That is, and I kid you not, 99.9%. 99.9%. Only 1,200 people hospitalized were fully vaccinated. That is 0 0.1%, although that says 0.01% for some reason, but 0.1%. Look, I'm not sure how much better this could be. Actually, I guess I am. It could be 0.1% better, but that's it. And remember, the media is so annoying with their coverage of all of this. It's easy to forget that this is Donald Trump's legacy. This is capitalism at work. These are private companies doing this. These are the, the evil companies that get trashed by Bernie Sanders in speeches every single year in front of the Senate. These companies, these companies that leftists have always trashed are out there saving the world. I think sometimes we lose sight of that. I asked this question on Twitter and obviously not a scientific poll, though it is scientifically proven that my Twitter followers are smarter than everyone else at Stu Does America if you would like to become one of them. I asked this question, which comes closer to your point of view? A, the vaccines are good and Trump deserves significant credit. Or B, the vaccines are bad and Trump deserves significant blame. Well, 81.6% of you said Trump deserves credit for the good vaccines. And I think that's encouraging. Um, I don't think you can really have another view. I mean, if you think the vaccines are really bad, Trump is obviously the one, one of the people who he's talked about it throughout the campaign. It was one of his big arguments for reelection and it's a big part of his legacy. The media is heavily invested in making every conservative appear anti-science. They want that story to tell because they want to make the success of the vaccine an accomplishment of Joe Biden somehow. Are we really gonna let them do that? I'm a bit worried the answer to that is yes. One thing is for sure though, I can promise you with 100% certainty 
that if somehow everyone who took the vaccine starts spontaneously combusting on the sidewalk in front of Sbarro's all over America, suddenly this will become the Trump vaccine all over again. So, protein bars. Do you like them? Do you like cardboard? Do you like sawdust? Do you like chemical sawdust? Because that's kind of what most protein bars taste like. But not Built Bars. Built Bars are different. They have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. We just got some grasshopper cookie Built Bars. Mm. I'm talking about coconut. Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter. Uh, Peanut butter brownie. They've got double chocolate, uh, salted caramel. They've got new stuff coming out all the time as well. And you can get the mixed box, which gives you two of each of the nine flavors. You can see which ones you like best and load load up on them in the future. Uh, They've got 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. If you care about your fantastic physique, as you can tell that I do, that's always very important. Go get the Built Bars at Built.com. B-U-I-L-T, Built.com. Go to Built.com, use the promo code Stu15. You'll save 10% off your first order. The promo code is Stu15 for 10% off at Built.com. Built.com. Check it out now. Promo code Stu15. All right, let's bring in Blaze TV's Eric July, host of the excellent podcast for Canon's sake. Eric, how's it going? Hey, man. Good to be back. Yeah. Glad yeah. to have you back. Uh, crazy week, as usual. I yeah. don't know, need to set that <laughs> up anymore. Of course, this year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Biden uh, has decided that he alone can take your Second Amendment rights away, or at least infringe on them heavily, which I'm pretty sure the word infringe is in there. That you're not allowed to do that, but he seems <laughs> to think the opposite is true. I mean, is this just him trying to please his base, or is he going to really try something here? Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I do do believe that they're going to try to ramp it up in terms of uh, infringing upon people's right to gun ownership. It was just interesting to hear what he, what his reasoning was and how he tried to slap down the positions of, well, if you try to take it to us, the government, well, you need F-15s and you need nukes <laughs> and all kinds of stuff is what he, he he was saying, which to me, I took it the opposite way. I'm like, well, I guess it kind of confirms everything that I've been saying that this right has been infringed upon and we need more lax or rather ab- abolition of all of these laws that are already in place that are getting in the way. Uh, of, of that. But either way, it's hilarious to hear people say that from the government as if Vietnam never happened or they aren't fight, fighting people yeah. in sandals for 15 for the last 15 years and haven't been able to make any ground. I don't know. I mean, I think I think we got a good Yeah, shot. going door to door in Afghanistan is really hard, <laughs> yeah. even when they don't have lots of weapons. Here we are in a country with 400 million weapons. I mean, that is one of the reasons why we have the oldest constitution yep. in the world. It's not that necessarily uh, the, the government couldn't take out any individual citizen. Yeah, surely they could. But going door to door across a country with 400 million guns is just something that's not possible. You can't win. Yeah, no, you would. They would. They know that. And I think they're absolutely aware of that, which is why a lot of them are so aggressive in trying to target the right to go on gun ownership, because at minimum, it keeps them at bay. Because like you said, it's one thing for them to go at one person. They could do that. They could pick out people, throw them in jail and whatnot. But if the jig was up and you had big large swaths of people that say you know what no more 
we're, we're done with this. There's not much realistically they, they could do. They're far outnumbered, but more importantly that we have the, the weaponry. So unless, and I, I think they aren't, when it comes to Joe Biden, I wouldn't be so sure that everybody, you know, as skeptical as I may have been in the past of the military folk or the police officers, I don't think every single one of them, it's one thing to go again in Vietnam or go to uh, mm-hmm. rice farmers in Vietnam or going to people that are getting outdated equipment and wearing sandals in the Middle East. is nothing thing to lift your gun to, you know, shoot your neighbor. Right, um, right, right. And uh, a and, lot of yeah. people want, wouldn't be down for that. No, no. I mean, look, luckily, I think we're in a place where that's not a, at least a near-term realistic possibility. But, of course, he did bring it up. I like the way you took it, too, which is, you know, maybe if you're telling us we need F-15s, <laughs> maybe we should have well, F-15s. Get them, get, them, get them on the streets. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the argument that I've been making. Like, seriously, like, that was the idea. If you yeah. actually believe in what the, what the concept of what the Second Amendment was supposed to be, it had nothing to do with deer, um, obviously, and we know that the when it came to the versus the government versus the private militia, they had largely the same weaponry or arms rather. So I'd make the argument that if they got it, we should be able to <laughs> get it specifically for that reason. So I don't think he's making the argument that he thinks he's making. Yeah. You know, often I go back to an interview. I remember uh, Antonin Scalia doing in 2000, I think it was 2012. And they asked him, they were trying to push him and they said, hey, like, you know, what about uh, cannons? Can you have cannons? And he said, look, it's written to bear arms, meaning you should be able to hold it. But if you can hold it, there's really no restriction that's locked in other than that, right? A cannon, and it can't necessarily, I mean, I guess maybe if you're really strong, the rock could probably, <laughs> he could hop a cannon. Um, but like, generally speaking, like that's not a, you know, a handheld uh, item. He basically said, though, anything else is protected. Now, that doesn't mean that cannons are prohibited. Right. That just means that they're not, maybe not necessarily protected by the Second Amendment. But like, that's an expansive view of the Second Amendment. It's further than I think almost anyone would go, but I think it's absolutely right. Like, I think we've already infringed on this Uh right in a massive way. Absolutely. And this is something, I mean, you've seen lately uh, conservatives getting more on the offensive. Like you have these sort of sanctuary uh, Second Amendment uh, states. We know the recent laws that uh, Abbott, for example, passed here. Unfortunately, that's what it takes. Uh, They have to have the threat of the Democrat doing something before they say, oh, maybe we should have been doing doing this it's more so to own them than it is yeah. giving a crap about about our rights but absolutely they should have long been on the offensive and this is something that they should have been uh prioritizing this is one of the things that i absolutely grilled grilled trump on with his executive order mm. uh for the bump stock yeah, ban definitely. specifically referencing the national firearms act which is one of the most criminal acts that exists one of the biggest largest infringements upon uh the the right to own weaponry because they get to reclassify which is why that freaked me out so much because they get to reclassify things to say well it's a machine gun and we've banned machine guns so you can't you That's can't have them which is like what, what the hell it's incomprehensible that there was not more outrage about <laughs> yep. this and i think in some ways this this happens from time to time in some ways it's like it is worse for your side to have the president every once in a while oh, yeah. you know what i mean because then they, then there's no outrage there was no outrage over that bump yep. stock thing yep. they basically just said yeah you know what Bump stocks have been legal. We've told people who bought them that they were legal this for the last 10 years. But, you know, we're going to just say that now that means you have a machine gun, reclassify it completely, and now say you're a criminal. Wow. Like, that is... 
I mean, that's retroactive changing of laws, yeah. and you're hurting real people. And hurting real people, and you're setting a precedent, because that's yeah. what scared me so much about that. Like, what else can they reclassify as? Uh, if they if some somebody's a bump stock, they could get reclassified as a machine gun. What else can they do? And I do think they're going to start going after attachments, and don't be surprised if that ag- executive order is uh, the precedent set. But yeah, this is the case that I made when even Biden won. I believe I made it on the show. It's like, this may be a kick in the tail, which it had been on on the uh, on the concept sure. of the Second Amendment because you're seeing what's happening in these in, in these different states. Like that's that's what happens. Unfortunately, like you have to have that opposition there because when they do it, oh yeah, you, you <laughs> want you want to go at them. But unfortunately, when it's your guy that wants to intrude upon uh, whatever right, be it pro, uh, private property rights, which is which all rights are as far as I'm concerned. But if they want to intrude upon that and they have an R next to their name and they're the president, well, it's all good and fine and dandy. Biden, they're like, oh no, we can't yeah. do it, which is why I wish they would get more so on the offensive instead of just because really all that is it's not it's not really caring even about the right it's more so trying to take it to them mm-hmm. you know what i mean owning the live um let me go to the economy for a second here because uh, he mentioned this in the speech too uh when he went to this weird whispering thing he was doing <laughs> that was, insane, <laughs> that was very man. strange uh i went you know i went to a sports bar uh, here in uh, dallas actually when i was on vacation last week i tried to go several times to watch one of the nba games or something with my son i want to take him in there they've got really good wings and, and all the food in there and uh, and it, it was like an hour wait. Mm-hmm. And then it was like an hour and five. And then it was an hour and 10. And then I went in there at eight, like 20. And they said, sorry, we're closing at nine. Like what sport, this game's still gonna be on. What do you mean you're closing at nine? They're closing at nine because they can't find enough people to work mm. at the restaurant. And this is, they have a sign up there that says 20 to $24 an hour wow. to work back in the kitchen. And they can't get people to show up. I mean, this is like we've so manipulated this economy that it's it's getting to the point where it's not working for a lot of people. And not at all. I mean, there was this racetrack, for example, I go, used to go to a lot down the street and I go overnight because I'm usually up late at night. And I went there the other day and they were like, do the short staff. We're not open right now. So, you know, you wow. think racetrack is 24 hours. 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 Yeah. And, and that Convenience was, store, yeah. Yeah, that's how it was supposed to be. And it was in the door. It's like, it's like, oh, that's interesting. But, yeah, this is a combination of a lot of absolutely terrible economic policies. This isn't anything that's necessarily just unique uh, to the Democratic Party. We know the Republicans. Well, when I was screaming on, on <laughs> set here, on set on the news, like, why are we sitting here talking about spending this trillion dollars worth of multiple trillion dollar uh, packages I, I understand the sentiment but what you are doing is basically paying people to sit on their behind yeah and what do you think is going to be the uh, like what what happens out of that and it's what you get right now where if people have the option to say you know what i can go back to work or i can keep collecting uh this money now i get it as of late this last month you had states like uh, i believe it was Mon- montana who were like okay we're not doing the federal yeah we, there's we, been a bunch of red yeah, states that yeah, have now that are like that okay way, we yeah. can't do that because they're trying to get people back to work what this was was a trial run really for ubi and you see why that would that be an absolutely disastrous policy because if you basically reward people for bad behavior and that's sitting on their tail then this is what happens. They will say, you know what? Oh, why would I? Why would I go back to work? Even if it's less. I mean, even if it's less, it's only slightly. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can, I can not do anything, or I could work forty hours. You know what I mean? Which one are they going to take? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. You know, in some ways, I understand the decision, yeah. right? You know, um, a UBI, by the way, Universal Basic Income, has been tried around the world multiple times in Fail experiments and time. in large, and it fails every single time. <laughs> um, this is. A, I think this brings all of this together here because. You have the Second Amendment, which is a check on the on the government 
by the people, right? Um, and the economy is controlled in so much by monetary policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are seeing trillions of dollars being spent, trillions of dollars being printed, trillions of dollars being borrowed. We have a potentially another $5 trillion of spending that is right around the corner that for some reason the Republicans are agreeing to go along with this bipartisan bill man. when they're promising they're going to spend another $5 trillion. That's hard to understand. Um, but on the other side of this, you have Bitcoin, you have crypto. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see what's happened in El Salvador uh, over the past uh, few weeks where they have said, look, we're going to make this uh, you know, a part of our real currency. It's going to be an approved currency here in our country. And part of this is because they use the U.S. dollar. They have no control over the monetary policy. And they see what we're doing to this dollar. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you see governments crack down, and they're cracking down a lot on guns. Crypto is, is a similar thing. It's, it's a check against the government. If you want to print all that money, fine. We're going to have our money in crypto, mm-hmm. and it's going to grow in value while you are trashing the country. How long are they going to let this go on? Yeah, that is going to be what I'm paying attention to the most this year, because I do see at some, at some point they are going to try to attempt to crack down. Now, I don't think they maybe understand the point uh, because good luck in, <laughs> yeah. in, a lot, in a lot of cases of getting a hold of that once uh, the keys are up here. He can't get it, you know. <laughs> so, but it, that's why people are looking to those alternatives because they're seeing how disastrous this monetary policy has been, especially those that are based, well, I mean, really everybody, world, world currencies, uh, world banking systems in, in general kind of resolve in some way, shape, or form around the uh, the USD. So when you're effectively devaluing it every time, so people's money's not going in, uh, far, they're going to look uh, for alternatives. Now, this is obviously a liberating thing for me because I do believe this is a, on net a very positive thing. Yeah. Um, this, uh, this monopolization of money has gotten us into a lot of the problems, and if you fix the money, you fix a lot of, of these problems. But because of that, don't be surprised within a year that this this administration in some way, how they're going to do it is going to be uh, it's going to be difficult for it to because maybe it'll be more optics than anything. Because, again, the keys up here, you, 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 good luck trying to get it. It's not like you can just confiscate. Uh, you can make it difficult. Uh, though. Like, uh, yeah, you exactly. Know, I, like, I, you know, I, I, I like crypto. I, I, I'm really hopeful for the future of it. If the government is out there telling me I'm not allowed to use it, if they're if they're making it so I can't get the apps on my phone, yeah. I, they block the websites. Yes, the keys are up there, and you can and you can access it. But it makes it really hard right. to deal with. They can right. make your life miserable, and that's what I see them uh, see them trying to do. Yeah. Which is why even some of the, for example, you get Bitcoiners and others who are like, well, let, let them ban it, let them ban it. Um, and I don't know if that's going to work in the way that they may think yeah. that is work, because just like that, a lot of people are in it by way of convenience. It's very convenient right now. But in the event that even if it's a slight threat, yeah, maybe people people like myself may be like, yeah, go. they can go screw themselves. I'm going to keep doing whatever it is that I want. But is that going to be the average individual? Right. You I know what I mean? That, that's that's happening. a different conversation. Um, luckily, there's a lot of people with a lot of money in it already. A lot of important, influential Absolutely. people. So maybe um, one last one here on this before I let you go. Uh, China's cracking down. On, on Bitcoin. Yes. We have a lot of people in this in this audience who follow crypto pretty closely. Uh, but there's a lot of people who just, uh, you know, it seems like a weird fantasy world, like almost like someone's talking about their own fantasy league. You know, yeah. like you have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. If you're talking to like the average person who's never really thought about crypto before, how do you how do you talk, talk to them about it? Well, the thing is, is that you got to look at, for example, and I always nail it down to whatever country that they're in. A lot of these people who are interested in this are in America, though not exclusively. You brought up El Salvador, for example. 
But look at how, for example, with government and, 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 and the Federal Reserve and in combination with the Treasury and how at willy nilly they could just print out whatever it is. It's the same concept to think about. Yeah. that They can literally just increase the money supply just like that, which, again, effectively devalues your your money that yeah. you have. That problem does not exist necessarily with something like like bit, Bitcoin. So when explaining it to them, look at it like, well, you know, yeah, it's going to go maybe up and down um, in price or value. That can be said for literally anything. Doesn't sure. matter what it is that you're talking about. But unlike with the U.S. dollar, Bitcoin, it's capped. There's only a, a, a certain amount yeah. that's always going to be uh, that amount. No, you don't have to own one whole Bitcoin. You can just own, own, own a Satoshi or, or multiple Satoshis or however. You mm-hmm. don't have to own a, an entire Bitcoin. And because of that, it is very difficult because they don't control the money supply. They can't do the things that they do, whether it be with the, even the war efforts. And I know that's going on a, a tangent the other way, sure. but they can't do that with Bitcoin. So a lot of what you see with these disastrous policies that, again, devalue your money, they can't do that with, with, with stuff like Bitcoin, which is why it's so intriguing uh, uh, because it's no central, it's not centrally planned in a sense. It's not centrally controlled by just one entity or, or one individual. Mm-hmm. It's true. Only 21 million. Yep. Never going to be more. Never going to be more. Uh, that's, that's the part that hooked, hooked me on it very <laughs> early. Uh, Eric July, be sure to catch him on the podcast. Uh, for Cannon's sake, and of course here on The Blaze, news and why it matters and everywhere else. Eric, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me. Derek Chauvin, the police officer uh, convicted of murdering George Floyd, uh, got a sentence handed down today, 22 and a half years in prison. Now, it's kind of in the middle, I would say. There was the, the typical... Uh, punishment for a case like this, it was reported that it's about 10 to 12 years typically. So it's more than the typical case. However, the maximum was about 40 years. So kind of in the middle of those two uh, a little bit. You know, I'm not surprised. Honestly, I, if anything, I'm surprised it's only 22 and a half years because obviously we know how big of a deal this uh, this situation was. And, and part of me thinks like the judge is going to be like, look, I... I don't want to be responsible for the city burning down. So look, they can overturn this in the next round of appeals or whatever. But for me, my part, I'm saying 40 zillion years in prison. I think this happens more often than we think. You know, no, people don't want to be the guy who got all the buildings burned down. The person who got all these people trying to defend their businesses shot. You just rather say, I mean, they're just like, you know what? We'll sacrifice this guy. Now, look, I don't, I'm not saying that this what, that's what happened here, but I do think that enters the thinking of a lot of judges in these types of situations where, and, and you see some of the activists threatening, like, look, get this right or we're burning the city down. So that's not a healthy way of deciding a case like this. Uh, in this particular case, 22 and a half years, which is, you know, very significant for this uh, type of case uh, historically, but not necessarily uh, the highest punishment. Um, another big story that is going on is the Miami building collapse. Uh, just to give you a quick update on that. We told you yesterday it was 99 people missing, uh, unaccounted for, now up to 159 people unaccounted for. And, you know, it was interesting hearing the people in Miami talk about this. Uh, I was listening to a resident talk about this, and, and you realize how complicated these situations are, are now. For example, 
well, I don't know, 20 years ago, you'd have an apartment complex. Everyone lives in the apartment complex. You know everybody who's on the lease, how many people live there. You can tell pretty quickly and easily how many people are missing. Well, apparently, you know, this is by the beach. So a lot of these units are, I guess, used for vacations. A lot of them are used for uh, Airbnb type of situations. So we don't know who the heck was in uh, in this building at the time. They're trying to figure out as they go. When you see some of the pictures of it, it's absolutely unbelievable. One of the side views, you can see in the top, the very top window, a bunk bed just sitting on the edge of, of the abyss, basically. Um, this is going to get ugly, uh, uglier and uglier. And, you know, the, the idea was they have every 40 years, they have to get the inspection done. They were in their 40th year. So, like, they were in the middle of getting their inspection done. The building was kind of known to have been sinking a few millimeters per year uh, into, uh, into, it was built on reclaimed, you know, beach, basically. Uh, so, it's, it's an ugly situation. It's going to get a lot worse uh, before the end of this. Uh, speaking of things that are going to get a lot worse before the end. Kamala Harris is our vice president. Now, she went down to the border having, this had nothing to do, by the way, with the fact that the former president is also going to be going to the border soon. It was, she said she wasn't going to go a million times. Then Trump said he was going to go. Then Kamala said, well, I'm obviously going. I mean, I'm the vice president of the United States. Interesting, though, the visit did not go so well, as almost every visit with Kamala Harris does not go uh, that well. I don't know if anyone's noticing a pattern here. Well, she went down to El Paso, and uh, this was a big problem for a lot of Democrats who were down there, uh, 700 miles from South Texas. Uh, uh, this is uh, Vincente Gonzalez, a Democratic uh, representative, um, said, I don't understand how they decided on El Paso. Clearly, most of the surge is in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, she said he said that uh, he noticed that a bunch of congressional visits in recent months and a lot of Republicans who come down there are there for the photo op and to score political points. The border is not all the same. El Paso uh, definitely had been negatively affected by the Biden Harris open border policy, said John Cornyn, about why she would deliberately avoid that part of the border where she would be likely to learn the most about the consequences of Biden Harris uh, immigration's policy, uh, you know, and how to correct them. Uh, who knows? Uh, also, um, Henry Cuellar said uh, this was a politically safe choice by Kamala Harris. That's she, he's a Democrat. Epicenter is down there in the lower Rio Grande. If you look at the numbers that are down there compared to El Paso, you're not going to get a true picture of what's happening. So, I mean, look, you know, you throw Kamala Harris and you give her control of something, she's going to screw it up. This is, I mean, this is something that keeps happening over and over and over and over again. And she's really been, yeah, she's been, you know, ca catastrophic so far. But who knows if that continues. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, oddly whispering. And he, now, this is a trick Joe Biden has done for a while. He has like a few different tones. It's the come on, man, that sort of vibe where he kind of tries to improv off the top of his head, be kind of funny, react. This is the, that's the same vibe that gets him to, uh, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, you ain't black. It's that same vibe. It's a sort of playful, I'm, you know what I'm saying is obvious vibe. Then you have the very calm, very when he goes like this, we're just going to be talking about the Second Amendment and how I'm going to take all your firearms. And, you know, that very kind of whispery, very monotone thing he did the other day in the speech. This is sort of a, a third device he uses. And he actually, this is him saying like, uh, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I got two trillion dollars for these people. But he does it in like almost like it's a secret. Like he gets down, he gets close to the mic and he says, I got him two point nine trillion dollars. Here is a compilation of some of the times he did this the other day. Very bizarre. 
$1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? Yeah, what's happening? Pay them more. He's talking about the restaurants. Like, okay, well, hey, just empl- pay your employees more. They'll come to work. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, who pays for that, though? That's me and everyone else that goes to the restaurants. We're all going to have to pay five bucks more for every meal because you're making, you're, you're making it impossible for restaurant workers to, uh, restaurants to find workers who uh, will work for the market rate. You can say pay them more all you want. Number one, they're not going to pay as many people. And number two, they're just going to pass that difference on to us. And we're going to have to pay for it. Uh, that's that's not a good thing. But the whispering thing, very strange, very Joe Biden. I encourage you to go to studosmerch.com, pick up a Senility Now t-shirt, or you can get a Kamala Namala t-shirt as well. Kamala? Nah. Mala. Kamala Namala and uh and senility now both available as well as all sorts of other great items at stewdoesmerch.com The average American has 97 points they could add to their credit score, but who knows how to get them? I don't know how to get them, or at least I didn't until ScoreMaster came around. Adding 97 points to your credit score is like found money. It helps you get your, appro- your loan approved quickly. It helps you get discounts and low interest rates on everything from buying or refinancing a home to leasing a new car to applying for a credit card. Also, if you happen to be applying for a new job, I, it, what I heard uh, recently was that some people actually are working. It's a crazy idea. Some people show up to work. I don't know how that goes exactly, but if you're looking for a new job, a lot of people will check your credit now. It's a signal of how responsible you are. Well, what if your credit score screwed up? What if they have it wrong? Get it fixed with ScoreMaster. ScoreMaster is really easy. It takes about a minute to get started, and you can see uh, the scores, how many plus points you can add to your credit score nice and easily, and you can do that for free. Uh, go to scoremaster.com slash stew, scoremaster.com slash stew. Get your credit score where it should be, where you deserve it to be, scoremaster.com slash stew. Do you have low T? How do you solve that? You can go to one of those clinics, or you can just identify as someone who has high T. And that solves the whole thing. That's why I don't understand about this story about uh, C.C. Telfer. Now, C.C. Telfer is a track athlete trying to make the Olympics. Happens to be born as a man, but pH balanced to be a woman. And basically a trans woman who is, of course, running in, a tra- in track. And if, do we have a picture of uh, lovely C.C. here? Uh, maybe we can zoom in on it a little bit. Uh, you can see CC here has quite a lead in this race. Uh, uh, pretty significant. Anyway, here we go. I mean, look at that. Can you even see the people behind poor CC? They're way back there. Anyway, CC, uh, definitely not a dude. We should, know, we should note that. That is definitely not what's going on here. Uh, this is a trans woman who is racing and winning by like a zillion lengths in all these races. Anyway, uh, apparently T too high. 
testosterone level too high did not qualify. Uh, you need to have a certain amount of low testosterone to qualify uh, for the Olympic Games if you're going to kind of run as a different gender. And unfortunately, that did not work out this time. Uh, again, I don't know why. You know, Cece wouldn't just say, I identify as someone who has lower T. I don't know. I guess apparently she didn't, you know, kind of sell the whole thing um, uh, well enough. You know, she didn't go down. She didn't. Um, she didn't own the bit enough. You know, as a person who's who's uh, done radio for a very long time, there's this thing that you do when you're doing like a dumb voice or a dumb comedy bit, and you kind of gotta just like let yourself get into it, and you know you're gonna look like an idiot. I mean, how many times have you seen this on, uh, you know, on this show, on Wonderful Worlds Do, on the radio show? I'll be doing something dumb, and it's like, well, I could sit here and be nervous about how dumb I look, or I could just go for it, you know? Let's commit to the bit a little bit, and just go for it. You gotta do that, or people will call you out, and they'll say, you know what, you're just, when you say you're identifying as something else, uh, we won't believe you. That's the thing that's disturbing about poor C.C. Telfer here, because C.C., identifies as a woman and we are told that's all it takes to be a woman so what does a t have to do with it i'm waiting they're, they're going to cancel the olympics over this uh, i will say that this is not going to stand for long because they, you can't commit you can't say well all i got to do is identify as a woman and then measure testosterone levels you can't they're going to they're going to totally bail on this mark my words they will bail on this standard and they will just say whatever you guys say that you are is fine we won't check anymore now, another uh, situation here on the woke sort of parade is a white influencer who uh, apparently is into K-pop, the sort of Korean music scene, uh, particularly BTS, which is a big band. Um, they spent $150,000 on cosmetic surgery to look like one of the members of the band. Now, I will say that is committing to the bit. You're putting 150 grand into plastic surgery to look like the member of the band. Uh, that is co that's committing to the bit. What, what's interesting, though, is that uh, this influencer who is white has decided to identify as Korean. And that apparently is upsetting some of the woke mob. They're saying you're not allowed to do that. Now, wait a minute. This person is saying. They are Korean. Who are you to tell them they are not? Again, none of this makes sense with logic. If you were just going with feelings, we're going for whatever people say uh, that they are. How do you deny them their Korean heritage? Uh, by the way, uh, they posted a flag, a South Korean flag with the rainbow saying it was their new official flag for being a non-binary person who identifies as Korean. So you too can be Korean. Thanks so much for hanging out and uh, waking it to the end of the show. It means you're in the Cool Kids Club. I do appreciate that. Uh, go to blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. And you get to join all of us kind of putting together a new conservative sort of movement. Uh, we need places for conservatives to be able to talk because they get banned everywhere they go. So we do really appreciate when you subscribe at blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is Stu. Uh, don't forget, you got your Nancy Pelosi sucks pens that are still available. Nancy had a heck of a week, too, with all this stuff on the bipartisan bill. And she's saying she needs $5 trillion to sign on to spending another trillion dollars. 
she's going to lower herself to only spending one trillion. Well, then you need to give her five trillion more. Uh, she sucks. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. .com. Still have a few in stock. Uh, pick one up today. By the way, uh, there's a pigeon race that was going on. They sent 9,000 pigeons out onto the race. I guess they there's something to do with the atmosphere, and I don't know what happened. I, I, probably some weird sequel to, uh, you know, I don't know, some asteroid movie. I don't know what happened exactly. But only like half the pigeons came back. No one knows what happened to all the pigeons. The worst day in pigeon racing history which is interesting because I didn't know there was a day in pigeon racing history.